Yeah, we got disconnected there. Allegedly, uh, looks like Anchor said we were talking too much. Uh, but <laughs> that doesn't matter because, as you know, you rock with Anchor just like I do. And, you know, it both, happens. Both those segments are going to come together and it's going to act like it's nothing. But, yeah, if there's a slight delay in when he was talking, uh, you'll hear him. I think, I, I think the last thing he said was Shawn Michaels' underwear. Yeah, so, but, what a way to end a sentence. Uh, it was Shawn Michaels in his underwear playing poker. You remember that? Yeah, the strip poker with him in China and, and Triple H. Yeah, I used to love those segments because it gave. It was like China was such a like a you know stone cold poker face kind of person, and it was like sometimes like he would try to break her a little bit. Absolutely. And yeah, I- my last. But I have one one last thing I have to say is one of my favorite ever. Booker T doing the sexy boy thing and saying like, "What does Shawn Michaels have that I don't have?" And right. then he does that and he breaks Kevin Nash on camera. Yep. Yeah. That's one of my favorite things in wrestling is when they try and break character of the guys. Uh, you know, everyone has said they tried to get Undertaker, uh, which I'm I'm assuming that's a hard one to crack. Recently, you know, our truth got Shayna Baszler on the Raw talk after Raw. I don't know if you saw that. I did not see that. She was talking about like she said something about the the food and catering sucked today. He's like, I liked it. You know, I like the fried fish. You know, it was pretty good. And she said something. He's like, you must not put enough tartar sauce on it. And she looked down for a second, like she, he got her, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. amazing with that. And, you know, things like that are what make wrestling so cool, too. That like you can tell when they're trying to make someone laugh. I want our truth to win a world title. I don't care of that. I would love I need to, it. Even if it's a weak run, I don't care. Yeah, I don't I don't even care. I don't even care if he wins the world title and treats it like it's 24 seven title. Yeah, that'd be great. But he deserves that. I don't know if you've caught his game show on the network yet. I have not. It, it, it's different. It, it's funny, though, because you can just tell it's R-Truth having fun. So what he does is he'll uh, have Skype or whatever video thing they're using uh, and have a wrestling house, and he'll ask them different questions. And the one he had Alexa Bliss on, and it was he debuted in, I think it was 01 with WWE or 03 or something, whatever he debuted, uh, he would ask things before or after my debut. You know, and then at the end, he has them go through their house. He's like, find me something of this. You know, so they go through their house and like, he's like, find me a title belt. Boom. Find me, you know, a bottle of alcohol. Boom. You know, it, it's entertaining. I think you should check it out. But it, it definitely, you know, puts his uh, entertaining self in a like a natural setting for him. He's just mm-hmm. goofing off with his friends. And that's awesome. I love how Alexa Bliss is always like the first in line for these like extracurricular WWE network shows. Yeah, she always is. And you know, a lot of people are like, oh, she needs to be treated better. Cause you know, when the, the Naomi uh, movement came out a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. uh, that she deserves better or whatnot. Well, she absolutely, absolutely does, but she hasn't had like the worst career. It's not like she's never had a title run and never had a, a main spotlight. Mm-hmm. So, oh, she should probably be champion more often. You know, people were saying that about Alexa Bliss. She like, Four or five or six titles between the the two shows. The- yeah, and Alexa Bliss was like a low key like fifth horsewoman, right? And you so, know, you know, a thing I do not like about wrestling, I do and I don't like. There's some things that you know people deserve this or people deserve that. You know, people that leave WWE deserve better because Vince McMahon's an asshole, right? Well, I'm sure he provided well for their families. You know. And, and you know what it, you know what it is too. It's kind of like with Naomi, 
I understand because it's like, especially the times and like visuals count for everything. It's like you have a black woman coming out there, a successful black woman that everybody likes. You job her out to this Southern American girl who's like all pro America. Yep. It's like it feels like MAGA versus BLM. Yeah. And that's that. I feel like that kind of like triggered on a visual level a lot of people to be like, what the fuck is happening? Not now, you know? Right. And it's like, have anyone else but Naomi job. You know, that's the whole reason why Naomi won WrestleMania 33, because it was like enough jobbing for her. She's right. earned it. She, she's like a Kobe Kingston Royal Rumble gimmick girl. Yeah. Absolutely. You know? And it's like, give, like, let's not have her job to Lacey Evans. Let's have Lacey Evans get over. Because Lacey Evans is another one that could easily, that she, I feel like she's over, but they treat her like she needs something. They don't know if they want her to be a face or a heel, is, I think is the biggest problem with her. Yeah, that's true. Now, now her heel persona, like you said, it, it sort of represents MAGA versus BLM. Right. Like, and Vince is so, always so good at playing into like what's happening with characters. It's like, listen, America is the heel right now. Like, let's have Lacey. Right. And like that, Vince doesn't get enough credit for that, you know, because Vince is a lot of times is told or is that he's out of touch. He's not as out of touch as you think he is. Yeah, he's not as out of touch as you think he is. He's just doing what he wants with his product. Right. And that that's his his right because, you know, he bought the WWF from his father, made the WWF, then had to transition to WWE. But he was saying that, you know, it was sports entertainment long before the, the pandas came and took the F. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just one of those things that, you know, I, I hope to one day uh, before he goes, which I don't even know if Vince McMahon's ever going to die. I convinced myself a long time ago that he's just never going to die. Seems like it. You know, and, and, and if and when that day comes, I'll be crushed. You know, Vince McMahon is someone that, you know, for better or worse, I, I view as someone that is, is like a hero to me. He, he gave me something that I love. Yeah, continues to give it to me for the 29 and a half years I've been alive. You know, most of that has been centered around pro wrestling. Yeah, it's a, and it's a beautiful thing. You know, it has its ups and downs. But like I was at WrestleMania 35, the last yep. WrestleMania to happen in front with people in the crowd. Yep, and, that, was, that was a magical weekend. And you know. yeah, you were there and it was like literally... You know, I wasn't like, and I say this to just, you know, uh, preserve my masculinity, but I, I wasn't like crying, crying, but like te- like a tear formed in my eye and fell down my, uh, fell down my cheek right. when um, Kofi won. You know, it was emotional. I, you know? uh, no, and Vince I'll- made that happen. Yeah, Vince made that happen, you know. And that's exactly what he did. You know, I was with uh, uh, Naj and I sat together, which I, I don't really fuck with him anymore, but that, I'm not going to, you know, badmouth him or anything, uh, especially for this moment, because, we, you know, we it was a random story that we both had gotten tickets away from the group because we didn't have money when the group bought tickets. Mm-hmm. And some random happenstance occurrence in life happened where our tickets were literally right beside each other. Unbelievable. I, I, I couldn't script that ever if I tried, you know, Unbelievable. and like I said, I don't, I don't fuck with the guy, but I'm not going to bad mouth him. You know, I'm not going to do that. That's not what this is for. But the, the moment, you know, the moment that that three count came down, that crowd went up, we just embraced him like probably the, the tightest hug I've ever embraced anyone with. 
And and Vince made that happen. And yeah. that's just incredible to me. And, you know, leading up to it, we didn't know that we had the like, tickets right beside each other until we literally were inside of MetLife Stadium. Uh, I think we had just gotten a beer or something with whoever else we were with. And he's like, all right, I'm going to go up to my seat. And I was like, oh, what section are you in? And he said it, and I was like, what row are you in? And he's like, I don't know, let me look. So we pulled out our phones, and it's the same ticket, one part, one seat apart. That is, that is, uh, that is WrestleMania magic. And, and, and that's what WrestleMania is all about, the magic and the pageantry of it. Now, that's Vince's baby. You know, it's that like one, going to Disney World. Right, absolutely. That's what it felt like to me, honestly. You know, me too. I New York City again. I've been there once before. I got to see it again. And I got to see it with people who have lived there so they can show me different things when we're out and about, you know, going to different right. events. And we saw, like, four wrestling shows that weekend. Got to go to TakeOver, uh, which was incredible. I, we even got, I got to sit on the floor for it by happenstance. Uh, we got tickets, and they were in, like, the 100 section. A couple guys from Suplex City were down there, like, oh, this family left. Their kid couldn't see. Come down. And, and then Morgan that I was with was just like, I'll get your ticket out on your phone, and then we're going to go down there just flashing, the, flashing your phone, and then just keep walking with me. I was like, okay. Boom. Floor seats for NXT TakeOver WrestleMania weekend. With Cole and Gargano. You know, headline. So he does. Vince does not get enough credit for the magic he has produced and the magic that uh, you know we have lo- come to love and enjoy. Yeah, he really doesn't. Um, you know, of course, like you can't always be right, and you have to take everything with a grain of salt because nothing is perfect. But you know, in terms of like that Kofi mania, like. It, everything that he did before that was to lead to that moment. Yep. And it's like, that is the art of Vince McMahon. You're going to hate him all the way up until the point where he makes you cry. It was very, very similar to the Daniel Bryant Yes movement. Only this one involved, you know, uh, the race factor. Because, right. Because no, uh, no African-born person uh, was WWE world champion ever. You know, yeah, exactly. And so that that made it even better than the the uh, yes movement, even though that was a great you know movement and a great uh, match matches at Mania and a great ending. But this one, everyone everyone in that building and everyone that watched at home felt every emotion that was coming out of you know the New Day. Now, whether you dislike the New Day or you love the New Day, that didn't matter. You know, it was. Wow, we're all coming together for this right here, right? You know, whether you know, you know, people had differences or whatnot. Boom, if you, everyone, a group of you know, however many seventy, eighty thousand people coming together as one to cheer him on. Right, exactly, because everybody just, you know, what? Whether you're black or white, like for of course, for people of color, it it, it was it hit a different way. But sure. even if you're somebody who is not a person of color, it's kind of like understand put a lot of work just not getting guys finally that moment where you get to prove yourself right you know like it doesn't like you you can still relate to it you don't have to be a black person you can the underdog it's a beautiful underdog story and that's what brought tears and why black and white because in my section 
just like of course the whole fucking met life there's whites blacks of, of every fucking country flies in to go there yep. every single person was just like you know just thinking about it gives me the goosebumps because it was just such a beautiful moment and you needed him to lose that elimination chamber to have that you you had to plant that seed of Adam lose the elimination chamber with Right. Doubt to be here, so you can think like, of course, Vince is not going to make book him to win. You know, that's Vince. But then he won, and it was beautiful. It was, and and uh, I know a lot of people were upset with how his reign ended, uh, the squash to Lesnar. But at the same time, it's Brock Lesnar. You know, I would have liked to have them have an actual match. Uh, That just wasn't in the cards. Yeah, I would have liked to at least have him have one of those like run away from the giant matches, like you know where he like kind of avoids everything in like a Royal Rumble esque way. Like Brock Lesnar tries to grab him up, but guess what? Kofi's crafty. Remember, he's a Royal Rumble guy. Yep. You know, but it was just like that was the like let's get heat on Brock because we want to have Kane get super baby face love when he beats Brock. Right. But that didn't pan out. No. And it's like, you know, I don't know. But, you know, not everything's going to pan out, you know. Michael Jordan didn't go, you know, didn't uh, not miss shots in his career. Kobe Bryant missed the most in NBA history, and yet he's one of the most prolific scorers. Right. You know, rest in peace, Kobe. That, that That's my guy. But, uh, you know, leading up to, you know, the squash, Kobe had a hell of a run. His run is one of the better ones, even if it was for, what would that be, Six months or so, his six month run was up there with anyone's. No, he beat a lot. Yeah, of he went. He beat Randy. He he got even with Randy. Yeah, Samoa Joe. Right. He beat um, Owens. He beat. A, yeah, he beat a lot of guys. He beat a lot of good, and he had a lot of good matches. And each match felt like almost like an underdog match, and you wanted him to win to just preserve the run. Yeah, absolutely. And his guys didn't turn on him as traditionally any gang would turn on each other. They did not. The, the most famous one, or the one, not most famous, but the one that sticks out to me is Evolution. Randy won the title. He's up on Batista's shoulders. Thumbs up. Thumbs down. See ya. Yep. Classic blue blood jealousy. And that's what I love about the New Day, and especially what Kofi said to Biggie on SmackDown a few weeks ago is, you know, you're never one for yourself, you're one for the team. You've always put the team before you. And now it's your turn to be in front of the team. And we support yeah. them. Want that for you. Boom. Now go make it happen. Love it. And that, that's just the beauty of wrestling right there. Like, you know, these guys are legitimately, you know, uh, you can call them brothers. You know, they're with each other, you know, 300 some days a year. You know, most. Yeah outside of this year but 300 days a year they form that brotherhood and it's just like you can feel that like you know if you've ever played sports which we're going to jump into sports here momentarily but if you've ever played sports you know yeah you want to be the guy you want to be the guy that scores you know 25 points you got you want to be the the guy that catches four touchdowns in in a game but at the same time you have to have those players that want the team to succeed you know yeah i would love to have been a 30 point per game scorer i was not I had a role on my team, and I played that role. Right. You know, so that's just – it's similar to what the New Day is doing. It's similar to how wrestling in general works. 
Yeah, like the locker room is about getting the getting the brand and the show to to move forward, you know. And with the fact that Big E, like, you know what, being that guy that was in the background has now paid off because now look, it's your turn. Yep. And that was the same way with Kofi, you know, great wrestler, had a bunch of great matches, bunch of title runs, uh, Intercontinental and uh, United States and tag titles before the New Day. But then, you know, it it wasn't no the main title. It wasn't the world title. All right, well, I'm going to keep working. I'm going to keep working. I'm going to keep working, doing my thing. And then, boom, it paid off. Right. And that's why, you know, you should never give up on your dreams for anyone. Anyone who listens to this or anyone in general should never give up on their dreams. Right. But you also have to fight have- for your dreams and your dreams will fight for you. Yes. <laughs> Daniel Bryan. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we just talked about sports. Let's transition to sports. So you're from the New York area, right? Yes. Are you New York City or where at New York? Uh, I'm in Queens, like on the border of the East River, like on the border of, of Midtown Manhattan and Astoria, Queens. Okay. And uh, are you a New York Everything fan? Uh, pretty much, yeah. Okay. Because uh, your co-host, you know, I forgot completely when I you know, talked to him, you know, however long ago that was, that he's a Lakers fan like I am. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I'm 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 kind of like a New York whatever New York is for better or worse, that's what I'm doing. So you are a Giants or Jets fan? Um that see the thing about football is that I, I I've been a really passionate Met fan. I've been a really passionate Knicks fan in my life. But later in my life, I'm kind of like just a passionate Met fan. Um when it comes to football, I never really had a favorite football team. But I guess, um, you know, I re- to, to, to pick Jets or Giants, I couldn't do that because I don't really have that passion for either of them. But because Gino, G, G-Men, Giants, I'm going to go with them. Okay, that, that's respectable. Uh, who are some of your favorite athletes that you've watched over time, whether they're the New York athletes or just athletes in general? Um, New York Knicks, John Starks, shooting guard, 1994. Yep. Specifically, when they lost to the Rockets, that was a big year in sports for me. Um, that whole run, um, tw- 2006 Mets, 2015 Mets, uh, 2000, the 1990, I want to say s- seven Mets or six Mets. Uh, Todd Hudley was a he was a catcher for the Mets, he was a big favorite of mine. Um, yeah, so I kind of like I kind of like the guys that were like stars here. Like they may not have been the stars on ESPN, but they were like the stars here for the right. time being. So Todd Hundley, John Starks, uh, guys like that. Uh, but of course, now my favorite is probably like my favorite Met at least is like Jacob Degrom, okay. which is the best best pitcher in baseball. It's easy to love him. Yeah, he's one of the best, if not the best. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so unfortunately, you know, the guy that you know, went to the Yankees, Garrett Cole, he has a say in that, and I hate that he plays for the Yankees. Do you hate the Yankees because you love the Mets, or do you not really not care? That no, much? no, no, I, I don't hate the Yankees. Here's a fun fact. I used to play uh, Little League, organized baseball league growing up, like since the age of nine. So at the age of, I want to say, 10 or 11, I was drafted to a team by the name of the Yankees. It was this coach, his name is Lonnie Mulberry or was Lonnie Mulberry, rest his soul. He died late last year. And man, 
he was such a tough coach. He's an Irish dude that lived in my neighborhood. He was fucking tough. He just did not accept losing. No matter what roster of kids he had on his team, he was always in first place and always won the championship. So he can turn boys to men. Right. Um, when I got drafted to his team, and I got drafted early in that draft, which was amazing because, like, at that time, so young in my career um, as a little league player, I was just, like, really bad with the bat but good with the glove, like Ray Ardoniz. But he was determined to turn me into a well-rounded player. And that year, I won my first championship in Little League as the starting it was starting second baseman, and then I eventually moved to shortstop. Okay. And I won my first championship as a Yankee. And that was his team, no matter who was on his team, was the Yankees. So I am a, I am a Yankee, by the way. I am a champion. However, I'm a Mets fan because that's that's what was on the TV when I was growing up inside the house. Okay, that, that's respectable. You know, I hate the Yankees. I'm a Red Sox fan, but uh, my best. Oh, we love the Red Sox and Queens. There was a lot more Red Sox hat in New York when I was up there for Mania last year than I was anticipating. I, I was surprised by how much I actually saw. Well, you guys, are, you guys are just beasts. Like, especially like, but when you guys just bomb the Yankees, when you would go, what were you down? You were down three to oh, what was it? Down three nothing in the series, and the first team to ever come back from three nothing down in MLB history. Rivera blew a save or two. Uh, Dave Roberts had the key steal, uh, and then Game Seven was just an ass whooping. Was that what was that? Oh six. That was oh four. That was oh four. In oh six, didn't you? No, you guys didn't win, right? Or the Tigers won. Uh, sure Red Sox won in oh seven, I think. Again. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That 04 was, whew. Then they won, like, in, I can't think of the year right now. I know they won 2018 because I watched every inning of every game of that, uh, even when I was at work. Because uh, at the, the time, I, I worked with, uh, like, in a community-based group home for, you know, troubled kids. And the building I was working in, we had cable and a TV. So every time I had sports on. So when the Red Sox played and I was working, yeah, I'd turn it there. And if they were watching a movie, I'd just pull up on my phone real quick and we'd be watch- I'd watch it there. I watched every inning of that, and especially the 18-inning game. Uh Game two, I believe it was. No. Might have been game three. I'm, I can't remember which game it was right now off the top of my head. But the 18-inning game with them and the Dodgers, I watched every inning of that. Uh, I watched it on my phone on my way home from work. I watched it, you know, when I got home from work. And I had to work at 7 a.m. The game didn't go off the air until after 3. Wow. So, that's fandom. But, yeah, the, the 0-4 one, that's, that's one of my top five sports memories. My, it might be the, the, my favorite sports memory. I mean that's just a that's just a beautiful thing because it's not only like you came back down three, uh, down three games, but you did it against a bitter, the bitter rival, the rival, the only rival, yeah. you know, yeah, like the only rival that fucking matters. And, and in fact, it's like the Boston Red Sox versus Yankees. It's like that's national. That's a national game. That's ESPN. Yep. yep. You know, like that's nationally everywhere. Yeah. No yeah. matter if you're in New York or Boston or not. Yeah, the MLB Network game on Fridays usually, the Fox game on Saturdays, and then the ESPN Sunday Night Baseball. Yeah, so, like big promo, like Boston versus New York. Yep. And, and what's even better about the 0-4 win for me is the year before Aaron Boone broke my heart by hitting that walk-off off Tim Wakefield in like the 11th or 12th inning. Broke my heart, and then we I got to experience you know, a championship and then multiple championships. But that 0-4 win is really special because, A, they broke the sh- – uh, 
They came back from three nothing down against the Yankees, and they broke the curse. The curse of the Bambi, yeah. where yeah. Babe Ruth was traded to the Yankees for like three hundred and fifty bucks in a ping pong or a pinball machine or some whatever the legend goes. Yeah, I'm happy about that, and I always felt good about uh, the Red Sox for two reasons. One is that if our our neighborhood in Queens uh, is named Briarwood. So to represent us, we used to wear the Boston Red Sox hat with a with a Briarwood jersey. So the B represented Briarwood for us in our little league. Okay, but we used the Boston Red Sox hat. Gotcha. And of course, 1986. Thank you guys very much for that. Yes, thank thanks, Bill Buckner, and thanks to yes, exactly. Oh, Bill Buckner <laughs> is the one that gets you know the the chastising of that because he let the ball go right between his legs. I would have made that play. I thousand percent, I would have made that play, but. They still had to uh, take care of business. That wasn't the game ending or the series ending win. Right. That was game six. Yeah. A lot of people forget that, you know, so while he is the, the scapegoat and he's the one that's always going to get the shit for it, that's not the entire story because they still right. have seven. Right. Exactly. So, yeah. So, yeah, you're welcome for that one. Uh, how many have you attended many live uh, games in your lifetime? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, every season I'm in the Met. I, I watch at least shit, man. It's, it's like countless games. I mean, I go to so many games that I turn games down because it's almost like, you know, it's, Doing that, it, it's that usual. Like, oh, I don't want to go to the game today. I'll watch it at home today because that's how much I go to City. Or right. even before when I went to Shea, a part of my Little League uh, deal was kind of like once the season's over or – in the middle of the season, we just get Mets tickets and the whole team and the whole league would actually go to fireworks night. And that was like a tradition. Okay. Yeah, that's a pretty cool one to have. Uh, when I was in high school, we went to Pirates games because I'm not too far from Pittsburgh. Uh, we went to Pirates games for at the end of the year. And yeah. then uh, the school offered different Pirate trips for like attendance. And you know, so I got to go f- for that a couple of times. And the Pirates are, they're not the hometown team because I'm about an hour and a half north of them. I'm between pittsburgh and here uh but the pirates games and the you know those are the games we got to go to a lot because that's the closest one to us right and so i've been at those uh what what is the best sporting event you've been to live not it's not wrestling the best sporting event that i've been to live had to be um game i've been to a couple of games i've been to the nlcs i've been to the nlds but I think the best game that I've been to was the NLDS 2015, if I'm not mistaken, when uh, the Mets beat the Mets beat the Dodgers. Okay. Was it the Do- yeah, I think it was the Mets beat the Dodgers. They lost to uh, the Royals in the World Series. That year. Okay. Yeah, exactly. That was Degrom's second year. And, you know, it was a surprise that we were even in the race, to be honest with you. Right. And because we had such a young team, but we made it so far. And then when we beat the Dodgers, I was at game one of the NLDS. And it was just like, what the fuck is happening? Like, we are this this team is great. Like this Dodger team. And it's like we won. You know, we won that series and then we moved on. And then, like, we lost to the Royals, which was fucking painful. But, you know, it's like I can't even believe we made it to the series in 2015. Right. And I, I can't believe the Royals made it. To the, like that was like one of the strangest World Series of my lifetime because it's two teams that no one really expected to go there. Right. You know, the Royals and Mets, you know. And the Royals bombed. The Royals bombed on us. Mm-hmm. 
shit. Mustakis, I fucking hate that guy to this day. Yeah, I, I, I know that feeling. I hate Aaron Boone to this day. And now he's the manager. But, you know, I hate him because he walked it off against Tim Wakefield. Uh, I, I hate the Boston Celtics, as I'm a Lakers fan. I hate them. I hate Paul Pierce. I, he's probably the most hated <laughs> for me in NBA history. Uh, I hate him. I hate that bullshit wheelchair shit he pulled. Uh, you know, and the Lakers lost that championship, but then won the next two, including beating the Celtics uh, two years later. Uh, yeah, so uh, outside of New York athletes, uh, who are some of your favorite athletes that you like to watch? Or have watched? Uh, LeBron James is probably my favorite player that doesn't play New York sports. Okay. That's a um, thing. Yeah. So LeBron James, I would say of all people, is probably my favorite. I always just felt parallels in um, terms of he and I, which is very uh, generous and nice to me. <laughs> to even compare me to LeBron James. But it's not that I'm comparing myself to him. It's just parallels because he's my age. I think right. he was born 1985. I was born 1985, which makes me 35 now. I think he's about 35. He'll be 35. Uh, he might be dis- he will be he will be 35. That's correct. So yeah, we're born in 1985. So I always looked at him like somebody that I felt like 1985 didn't really have a lot of greatness and to come out of us. And I felt like LeBron James and I <laughs> were just that that little drop of greatness that was given to 1985. I will back that. So, I'll back uh, what, What'd you say? I said, I'll back that. I appreciate that. And it was just like something that like 1985 didn't have many representatives, but he was like that gold standard. And I loved him for it. And I always just followed him and just wanted him to, I just wanted him to succeed. Right. You know, and I followed his career. And it was really exciting when he, um, when he beat the Celtics almost single hand, I mean, not the Celtics, when he beat the Warriors almost single handedly. Yeah, I mean, he did beat the Celtics too, basically single handedly. Um, but this, I'm talking about in the finals when, oh, he the final, beat, yeah, in the, when they when he ruined their three peat. They yeah, they didn't, they weren't going for the three peat then, but they would have probably three peated had they won that. Yeah, and it was just like a crazy like comeback story similar to the Boston Red Sox in that series with the Yankees. It wasn't like the same, but it was close because it literally felt like LeBron James just willed his team to fucking win. And the first championship in Cleveland in how many years? Hopefully my Browns can do that this year, but the time will tell. Uh, But yeah, LeBron's a hell of an athlete. I used to not like him because it was always Kobe versus LeBron. And I'm probably the biggest Kobe fan you could find. Uh, and it, it, it's weird. A lot of people don't believe me when I say this, but my cousin got me into watching basketball when she used to babysit me, and she was a big Bulls fan. So of course I'm a Bulls fan because when you're younger, you know you're a fan of whatever it, you know whoever's watching, whatever right, you're, right, right. you're watching with, you're a fan of that. So of course, and, and who wasn't a Bulls fan outside of you know uh, Knicks fans and Pistons fans and, and whatnot? Most everyone was a Michael Jordan fan and a Bulls fan, and then absolutely. So, so I remember in 96 when Kobe was drafted, my cousin had the draft on when she was babysitting me just to see who the Bulls would get, even though they had like a late, later pick, whatever. But then I heard that there was a kid named Kobe Bryant who is coming out of high school from Pennsylvania, where I'm from, but on the other side of the state from me. And I was like, whoa, that's cool. And I, the name Kobe was cool to me. I'd never heard that name before. I was like, oh, that's cool too. So, you know, I, I, I found out about Kobe then. And then, uh, you know, so this is pre-internet, you know, 
or as the internet was starting. So I wasn't on the internet like I am now, but you know, I kept watching games, you know, when they were on, when they were the Lakers game because of him. And that was just my guy. Like Kobe could do no wrong to me. I don't care if he shoots 40 times a game and you know, he's, he's said to not pass the ball, passes the ball fine. Yeah. 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 His job is a shooting guard is to shoot the basketball and score the basketball. That's, right, like he's the primary scorer. He's an all-star level scorer. Right, all-world level scorer, and that's his job. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. uh, you know, he had the 60-point the finale in his uh, uh, final game. Uh, and I'm actually looking at a plaque. My grandparents surprised me with, like, a plaque of as a picture of Kobe going to the rim and, and shooting the ball, and it talks about his 60 points, and there's, like, two different medals on it. And, you know, so, like, everyone that's who – Knows that Kobe's always been my guy. Kobe's gonna forever be my guy. You know, uh, I'm, it crushed me the day that he passed. Yeah, like I think I, yeah, the world was the world uh, was hurt. The entire world. That, uh, he's the glue that held the world together. He, is, saying, he was an amazing championship mentality kind of. You know, and, and he was so in Jordan's shadow that like it was t- like he had a really tough time in terms of just like. I'm great too, damn it. Right. You know, like I, I just because I've took, you know, I've I've studied Jordan. He's the greatest player of all time. I want to be better than him. Yep. So of course I'm gonna study him. I'm gonna take what works with him. I'm gonna mesh it with what I with what I have, and I'm gonna make it happen. He did it without Shaq. Oh, that was beautiful when that happened. You know, it's like he proved like listen. Sometimes you'll hear like people on ESPN say, well, when LeBron beat the, the Warriors that time, that was equal to two rings. What they mean by that is like Jordan won six out of six. Yep. That is just like perfection. Literally, you're, you, are the, you are the holy grail. Everybody tries to be you. Yep. Right? But – when you have somebody like Shaq, right? Shaq is equivalent to Pippen and someone else. You know what I'm saying? Or rather, he's equivalent to like three other people that Jordan did have. You know? So it wasn't like Jordan just did what LeBron James did, like barely had a squad and willed himself to win against the Warriors, a team who was, like, tremendously stacked to the point where you're the underdog by far. Yep. He didn't do that. So that's what they mean by LeBron James may not have as much rings as Michael Jordan, but we have to stop looking at the amount uh, of rings, and we have to start looking at, like, the content that uh, of the, these wins. Right. Yeah, you know, that, that will be one of the greatest finals ever. Uh I really thought once it was 3-1, that was it. I thought it was over. I thought the Cavs might get another game. It was ending no more than two games. I, I and a, a lot of people were dead wrong. Yeah, it was miraculous, truly miraculous. And LeBron James needed that because there was always this big speculation, this asterisk. It's like, oh, you had to go to a big three in order to win. And while he did have a big three of sorts in Cleveland, the other two of that three were not there. They were hurt. Yeah, you had the Kevin Love and Kyrie situation, am I right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and, and Kobe gets similar, you know, shit because, you know, he couldn't win without Shaq. Well, then he won two without Shaq. And that was the first thing he said when he got number five. I got one more than Shaq. You know, that's just the competitor that he is. And that's what drew me to him so much. He wanted to win at all costs. You know, you're going to have to kill him in order to win. 
Right, exactly. And, you know, and that's just you know, one of those things. And, and I, I say sometimes that Kobe Bryant is the Lil Wayne of NBA. Lil Wayne is an all-time great rapper. But oftentimes, not many people are going to put him as number one. You know, because it's always going to be, you know, the Biggies and the Pox and uh, Snoop Dogg and uh, any other rapper you want to name that, you know, came before Lil Wayne. But I feel they're very similar. And they, you know, they did the song together. Uh, or he did the song about Kobe. Uh, but to me, Lil Wayne and Kobe Bryant are the each other of each other's industry. They're, they're all-time greats, but they don't always get the credit they deserve. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That's a good. That's a good uh, analogy there. That's true because Little Wayne really is because it's like you know he's not. He's also suffers from the fact that his rise to power was when Jay Z was still touching the the floor. Right. You know, so it was kind of like, well, Jay Z. If as long as Jay Z's still active, you'll never be the greatest rapper alive. But it's like, listen, you know, it's a, look what he's done. You know, like not only is Lil Wayne responsible for one of the hottest streaks in hip hop history or music history, period, he's responsible for also, uh, he's like a catalyst behind taking the, the auto tune thing to the mainstream, which yep. everyone does now. Yep. He's, he's a catalyst. He brought to you Drake and Nicki Minaj. Yeah. These are like personal acquisitions. You know, this is not like just like his boss did it and said, all right, listen, we got Drake, so we're going to say that you signed him. And it was like, this is, these are things that he sought to do. Yep. You know, and he shaped the industry as we know it today, the same way that Jay-Z has shaped the industry as we knew it, you know, 10 years ago. Right. And, you know, Wayne says, you know, that Hove is the best. Uh, he considers him the best uh, when he's not saying that he himself is the best. And, you know, that's just... That's just like Kobe saying, you know, yeah, Michael's better, but yeah, I'm coming for his ass, you know. Right, exactly. I exactly. want that. Six, I want. I want six rings. I don't care if you know I lost a couple times in the finals. I want that six ring to tie Michael. Right. I, that, that's just like anyone who was inspired by this guy. So Shawn Michaels will probably say, "Who's your favorite wrestler, Shawn Michaels?" He'd be like Ric Flair, hands down. Yep. But really, we know that Shawn Michaels is our favorite. But that's because we grew up on him. But yep. people who grew up on Ric Flair would say Ric Flair. Yeah, Ric Flair is one of my favorites as well. You know, I, like I said, when I was younger, I used to watch all sorts of tapes because uh, that was the cool thing back then, the tapes. And uh, you know, now that the network here can go back and watch some of his WCW stuff, uh, you know, prior to like when Hogan came and stuff. And it, it's just phenomenal. But to me, it, it's Shawn Michaels. But, you know, like to him, he's going to say Ric Flair. And Ric Flair might either say Shawn Michaels or someone that uh, he uh, – no ran around and wrestled with, you know, like a, uh, like a Ricky Steamboat, he might say, you know, no one's wrong in their assessment of, you know, who's the greatest. Like if you ask me who the greatest basketball player is, and I told my, my man Teasy when I interviewed him uh, a few months ago on here that I'll say Kobe Bryant. I know that Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player that has, that we've ever seen, but I'm going to say Kobe just like, you know, I'm going to say Lil Wayne's the best rapper. And that, you know, that's biased on my part because that's my favorite. But mm -hmm. that too, I think, is the best. You know, what he's done, uh, how he forms different wordplay. Like, it is just. He does come from like a left field. Like, it's like you think that I'm going to correlate this with this in this way, but I'm going to actually correlate this with this in a whole different way. 
and, and, and it's still going to be dope. Like, that's just... Yeah, it's like, it's still going to make sense, but it's in a way that you actually didn't think about this. When you really break down what he's saying, and he introduced so many different ways to reach a point. Like, yep. we're really, we're get, getting real meta with it, but it's like he's, it's like just the, his punchlines are, it's like, because we could have a, a, another podcast about this. His punchlines are just like, in a way, like, it, it gets to the same point as any other punchline rapper, but he's getting to it. He's getting to it in a different route and he's getting to it sometimes in a more simpler route. Right. You know, where wordplay is just like, it insinuates the punchline rather than spells it out for you. Yeah. When I was in college, I had to take this, uh, some sort of class for media. Uh, and for whatever reason we had to, like, it was like, we were learning about connotation and denotation. So what is actually said and what's actually the meaning of it. So he said we can pick, you know, any artist of any genre of, that we want. We had to write like a, I think it was like a 12-page paper with like five or six different songs maybe and had to break down what they were saying. So I was like, oh, that's easy. That's the easiest shit I'm ever going to write. And I, I obviously picked Lil Wayne. So I picked a bunch of different songs that, you know, he's talking, he's saying this, but he's meaning this. Right. I got 100% on that paper because that was, like I said, that was probably the easiest thing I've ever written in my life. That's amazing. I, I love that. that. You know, I felt that, you know, that he was the best. I was like, I'm going to use this. And then, oh, a lot of people misunderstand what he's saying. Let me just break it down on this paper and get this great. Simple. Easy money, as Kobe would say. No, that's dope. That's super dope. Uh, but we will wrap up here. We've been talking for a while today, which... Uh, no, it's been dope. I, I've enjoyed this. Uh, thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. Uh, thank you for having me. It's been great. Sometime down the road, uh, you and, and Jules will be on together. Uh, and That'd we'll, be great. We'll finally get the uh, the bookend of when I was on your podcast. Uh, I think it was sometime last year. Uh, sometime get that end year. of an era match with the bald Undertaker in the, in the cell? Uh Yeah. That's what, yeah. you know, that's that like that last end of an era match with like the Sean series, Triple H series. Right. That was the last one. And so the three of us will get on here and, uh, you know, we'll talk wrestling and we'll talk sports and maybe, maybe some music like we just did. And, uh, you know, let people know where they can follow you and make sure to plug, you know, uh, all the other things that you did, the, the podcast you do and any other thing that you want to plug. All right, man. Um, Gino, the book is sound is spelled correctly. G E N O the book on Instagram, on Twitter, please follow. Don't try this at home universe on Instagram. That's D T T A H universe. You can find me one half of that show, um, alongside heartbreak Julio, follow him at heartbreak Julio also on Twitter. Please follow us at Don't Try This At Home Radio, D-T-T-A-H Radio. And that is that is the extent of it. Yeah, make sure you definitely follow them. Uh, just dope, genuine individuals. You know, I got to meet them last year in person, finally, because uh, we had talked on, you know, on a wrestling uh, Facebook group for a while and on Twitter. You know, I've been listening to their podcast for quite some time now once I, you know, figured out uh, they had one. Uh, one of the dopest podcasts you'll you'll find. Uh, just two genuine dudes having genuine conversations about you know the business of pro wrestling that you know they love and I love and hopefully that some of you are listening to now love. Uh, so de definitely check them out uh, at Gino the Book, spelled just like it it sounds. Uh, don't try us at home radio. Uh, also, you know go go to 
know, Apple Podcasts and, and Spotify and Google, wherever you get your podcast, uh, type in Don't Try This at Home Radio. It'll come up, listen to them. And for me, you can follow me at King Edward 15 on uh, Twitter and at King 15 Edward on Instagram. I hate that, you know, I had to change it like that, but that's just what it is. Uh, got a lot of guests that I'm planning to have on here sometime soon. I'm hoping to have Chris Bay as a guest, uh, the X Division champion. I had RVD a few weeks ago. Uh, nice. And I'm, and I'm going to keep having this, and I'm going to hope, you know, hope to have more episodes, you know, with Gino and, and with, with, with Julio and uh, some of the other members of the Suplex City Facebook group that we're in. Uh, and definitely my, my guy CJ, Nate, and Sam. Got to get them on here. Uh, but, again, Gino, I thank you, and we'll talk soon. Thank you. Pleasure.